Welcome to the Founder and Funder Experience, brought to you by Valence Advisory and Mattermade. This podcast serves to bring to light the different journeys select founders and funders took to get to where they are today. We hope their lives and their learnings continue to inspire both present and future innovators. Hi, everybody. My name is Arjun Dave Arora, and I am the founder and managing partner of Valence Advisory. We support funds and founders and help them accelerate their efforts with capital, people, and strategy. And now off to jump. Hi, my name is John Lowe uh, with Arjun Dave Arora. I am the co-founder and advisor at Valence Advisory, and I'm the lead on leadership coaching and communications coaching. But enough about us. Um, today, we have a wonderful guest who's taken time out of his life to be here. His name is Vivek Sodera. I won't go through the introduction. I think he can do it better for himself. So Vivek, why don't you tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, what you're currently working on, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Yeah. My name is Vivek. I'm one of the co-founders of Superhuman. We are building the fastest email experience in the world. We help our customers go twice as fast as before. Some, in fact, many customers are hitting inbox zero for the first time in their lives, if not um, uh, for the past few years. We started the company in 2015. We raised north of 50 million in venture capital from folks like Andreessen Horowitz and First Round Capital. Uh, the company is currently 50 people. Uh, revenue is in the millions. I can't go into exact numbers there. Um, we have a queue of about 300,000 plus people on our wait list, uh, which is really, really exciting. We're starting with email, but that is not the end goal of Superhuman. Our mission is to really focus and build a productivity platform that helps people be the best version of themselves. Um, my role in the company as uh, one of the co-founders, I am the non-CEO, non-CTO co-founder. I wear many hats. Uh, my focus historically has been in taking anything that isn't product or engineering from zero to one. Uh, this has included ops. This has included recruiting, finances. Uh, I was our first customer support person. So I, I tend to wear a lot of different hats. My zone of genius is actually being more external facing. So with customers, other companies, investors, and the community as a whole. Wow. Thank you for sharing that insight. Now know what co-founder means in your, <laughs> in your title at Superhuman. And so, so how did you come across Superhuman? I mean, be, previous to this, my understanding is you're involved in quite a few startups yeah. um, in some capacity. Could you walk us a bit through uh, your career journey? Absolutely, yeah. So my career started at UC Berkeley. I was a chemical and nuclear engineering major. In my junior year, I received an email from a friend. Uh, he meant to email another Vivek. Uh, about this entrepreneurship class at Cal. And I thought it was really interesting and unique. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go sit in on this class. And it was very different from taking engineering classes or chemistry classes in college. So I sat in on this class and it was a lecture series where they brought in a different entrepreneur to speak about their journey and what they've learned. And I caught the bug there. I was like, what am I doing in my life? Why am I trying to achieve a PhD in, in chemical and nuclear engineering? This is the path I want to go down. And so I explored other entrepreneurship classes at Berkeley. And that's actually where I met Arjun. Yeah. <laughs> met on Berkstone's class. I think it was IOR 170 or 171. That's it. Yep. And uh, that class had the, the, the pedigree in that class was incredible. Uh, I mean, obviously, Arjun, such an amazing individual. We had Andrew LaFoon from Mixbook. We had uh, Tony Shu from DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We had just it, the, the Ryan from Shots from from Fire. Yeah, <laughs> former deputy CTO of the White House. So it it was an incredible pedigree, and it was in that curriculum in that program where I really caught the bug, and I was like, I have to go down this particular path, and so. I took an internship at Zoom, uh, X-O-O-M, not Z-O-O-M. Uh, X-O-O-M, uh, they are a money transfer startup that ultimately went public and got acquired by PayPal. And I was a customer support intern. I just like, you know what? I'm going to get my foot in the door. I want to immerse myself in this environment. And uh, I ended up meeting Kevin Hartz, who uh, was the founder, CEO of the company. He's uh, since gone on and been a founder or CEO of Eventbrite and a few other amazing companies. And from there, I, uh, I graduated and I knew that I wanted to get into a startup. <clears throat> I wasn't a software engineer. I didn't have a computer science background. And so I was looking into some business-facing uh, roles, some product-facing roles. And I ended up connecting with this guy named Orrin Hoffman. And uh, Oren is a serial entrepreneur. He successfully started and sold multiple companies. And he was starting a new company called Rapley. And at the time, we were building a peer-to-peer reputation platform. Uh, we pivoted and instead consumed and data mined reputational data on the web and pivoted again towards looking at social data and then ultimately pivoted to become an ad tech company, rebranded as LiveRamp. That company has since gone on to be publicly traded I think it's like a, now a $3 billion company or so. So it's a really, really interesting, fascinating ride. So yeah, I, I really just cut my teeth in terms of being a founder, in terms of entrepreneurship at Rapley Flybrand. Uh, you know, YC was just starting off the ground. Uh, there weren't all the entrepreneurial resources as there are today versus 14 years ago, which by the way, I'm dating myself now. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It was, very much a ride, uh, made a lot of mistakes, learned the hard way in terms of how to recruit, how to think about building a company, how to think about your customers and so forth. So when Rapleaf became LiveRamp, pivoted to become LiveRamp and went in that particular direction, I wasn't too keen on the mission around building an ad tech company and helping to serve ads to folks. And so I left in 20, late 2011, early 2012 and started a second company called Airseed. Um, I'll spare the details with Airseed uh, and what we're trying to do. We're At its very core, we're building a developer platform to help developers better understand their customers and users. And so as part of that journey, uh, I, I think I learned the most with the second company. I learned about failure. I learned... I don't want to be a CEO. Um, I learned the importance of conserving cash and you know extending your runway as much as possible. And I also learned to focus on product market fit. That was something I did not do with my second company. I thought it was just going to naturally happen like it happened with my first company. And the, the term product market fit didn't even exist when I was doing my first company by brand. And so... So that was a very, very painful experience, but it was the experience where I learned the most amount. And so in the process of shutting down Airseed, my second company, I randomly ran into Rahul Vora, who is co-founder CEO here at Superhuman. Rahul and I had known each other since about 20, 
2009-2010, his company, his first company that he started was called Reportive. Reportive uh, has since gone to get acquired by LinkedIn. Reportive really was the first email extension, um, uh, kicked off the whole ecosystem around email extensions. It was a little sidebar, the little widget that gave you context and transparency and social data with people that you're emailing with. At the time when they started, Reportive was using uh, the Rapley FlyBrand APIs. And that's how we had known each other. And so uh, it was a funny story. He, he moved from England to San Francisco and he came straight from SFO Airport to my office. And Oren, my co-founder, was like, Hey, Rahul Vora from Reportive is here. Uh, he wants to talk about the API usage. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fanboy. Uh, you know, we, we're selling the flour, the sugar, the salt, the vanilla. He turned it into the cakes and the pies, which I thought was incredible. And yeah, this, this conversation we had turned into a friendship and it turned into just a lot of respect, mutual respect that we had for each other. And I helped him out with respect to uh, basically not charging them for our API usage for, I think it was like 12 to 18 months or so. And it was just allowing them to scale and grow. And so fast forward, when I started my second company and he had since sold off report to LinkedIn, we were both in our respective caves. You know, we were, we were underwater with our own things. And uh, it was late 2014, early 2015. I don't remember the exact date where, like I said, I ran into Rahul. And uh, we, if I recall, we spent a good week and a half, almost two weeks where we would meet up um, every other evening or so. And we would catch up on life. We would uh, talk about what's been going on with uh, with our respective lives. And then he started telling me about this idea for Superhuman. And I was really, really intrigued. Um, you know, he had... Uh, Rahul is just naturally charismatic. And, you know, he doesn't even need to sell. It just like oozes out of his pores. But I was hooked. I was super intrigued with this idea of rebuilding email for the 1 billion professionals uh, that spend many hours a day in their inbox. And this vision of building a greater productivity platform, this productivity ecosystem that transcends email. And so what Rahul said to me that fundamentally shifted my thinking into, you know what, we, we have to do this company together. He was like, you know, Vivek, it's unlikely that folks like you and I are going to find solutions to famine or war. It's unlikely that a Vivek or a Rahul will find a cure for cancer or AIDS or take mankind to Mars. But what we can do is create tools for people that are. Tools for that cancer researcher, that high school teacher, the next Elon Musk, whoever it is. Help them move 10x faster, be 10x more productive, be 10x more brilliant. That's our contribution to society. That's how we're going to level up mankind is by augmenting people's natural capabilities with the software and tools that we create, give them superpowers and make them superhuman. And that's where the name of the company came from. And it was at that moment where I remember getting goosebumps in the back of my neck. I remember closing my eyes and seeing the next 10 years and just visualizing the impact of this mission. And I was hooked. I was like, you know what? This, this is the company. This is, this is the thing that I'm going to spend the next 5, 10 years of my life dedicated to focus on. At least. Maybe even longer. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's an yeah, incredible story. Yeah. yeah, I had no context about that backstory. I just happened to enjoy using the product. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I got two fanboys over here. So. <laughs> yeah, fanboys over here. <laughs> <laughs> product feedback. Hello at supreme.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Wow, wow, it's been quite a journey. And how just remind me, uh, Vivek, how many years have you been in with Superman right now from inception, which is you know that fateful conversation you had with Raul and his idea? Yeah, those conversations were happening March of 2015. We we officially started the company May 11th, 2015. So it's been five years and change. Wow, five years. And you know, obviously, based on how you've described it, that was quite a memorable moment for you. But over the five years, I'm sure you've had quite some rewarding memorable moments yourself. Um, what are some of the top two, you know? Top two memorable moments in the context of Superhuman, I would say the external validation from the market, in particular with investors, that was that was pretty key for us. When we raised our Series B with Andreessen Horowitz, we did it in the span of seven days, start to finish. It was an incredibly oversubscribed round. Um, and that was... I, I did not realize the the level of, of interest around what we were doing. Another, I think, peak moment for us... Uh, well, definitely when we hit product market fit. Um, this, as I mentioned with my previous company, never really figured out how to get there. And it wasn't an uh, area of focus. This, Whenever I talk to founders, in the context of advising or investing, I'm like, you have to focus on product market fit. Like that is so key. Nothing else matters. Don't put the cart for the horse. Focus on product market fit. And so I had conversations with Rahul. We were like, we got to figure out how we're going to get to product market fit. Uh, 90 plus percent of companies don't get to product market fit and end up failing. And so we took this learning that we got from Sean Ellis that he had done research. Sean Ellis was early at companies like Dropbox. Um, uh, I think who's, uh, he consulted with Eventbrite as well and, and many others. And he found that if you ask this question that is orthogonal to MPS and you ask a question, how disappointed would uh, the customer feel if the product or service went away and their options are very disappointed, somewhat disappointed or not disappointed. He saw there was some magic, some inflection point that happened when you ask folks that question and 40% or more say very disappointed. So we took that learning. And we iterated and iterated and iterated on a framework. And when we, when we started measuring this very disappointed score in the beginning, it was 22%. It grew to 32%. And then over time, it passed the 40% mark. And when it passed the 40% mark, weird stuff started happening. We had the number of referrals, the number of word of mouth activity, the number of inbounds that started coming in just really started to to hit this exponential trajectory. And so I'm very much a believer of this magic 40% threshold to, to Eclipse. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was definitely a peak moment where it's like, we, we developed this framework, we've tested this framework, and then we also open sourced the framework to our community um, and the greater tech community and received nothing but positive feedback from investors, from other founders, from product folks. I would say 8 out of 10 product folks and founders have read our the Superhuman Guide to Product Market Fit. Pretty yep. much every investor has as well and they recommend it to their portfolio companies. So that's been great. Other peak moments in the company, I would say is really rooted around our team. I think we have pound for pound the best team in Silicon Valley. Um, I, I, I love and adore every single person on our team. From our engineers, folks on our customer delight team, to our ops, to uh, our onboarding specialists and growth folks. So yeah, I, I think the hires that we've made, I've been so... I think that's probably the thing I'm most proud about. For sure. Not the 
not the fundraising piece, uh, which which is a bit of a vanity metric. It's more the uh, what we've done with the team thus far, uh, and it's pretty incredible. We've we're currently a fifty person company, and in talking to investors, they'll say, you know what, ten percent of our pitches are we're getting superhuman for X. And I find that to be <laughs> odd because we're not Uber scale, we're not Airbnb scale, we're we're just a small company. But I think that speaks to and is a testament to the team that we have in place. Yeah, and and one of those things, Vivek, that I, I'm fortunate to know about you is that you are a phenomenal a phenomenal developer of talent. You are somebody that uh, you know has taken people under your wing and and you're really turn them into incredible professionals. Would love to hear, you know, maybe any thoughts, stories, insights, frameworks around how you've done that in the past and and what's worked well for you there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important to identify what your core values are. Um, this is an exercise I went through personally uh, in the midst of shutting down my second company and I had to take a look at myself. Um, we did this in the context of superhuman and really took a step back. We, when we started the company, we came up with six values, um, which are since outdated. Things like, you know, uh, break the rules, be resourceful, etc. And uh, a couple years ago, I'd say 18 to 24 months ago, we had a hard look at our values and we're like, this isn't, this isn't really scale. This isn't who we are. And we went through this exercise in the book, The Advantage. Um, highly recommend that book. And there's a chapter that's dedicated to company values. And so we went through this exercise, solidified our, our three core values, which are to create delight, do, um, do things with remarkable quality, and uh, be intentional. And so whenever we look at talent, we look at talent under those lens. We look at folks who uh, have the ability to create delight, not just in the context of customers, but in the context of uh, engineering, product design, you name it. Um, folks who hold a really high bar when it comes to delivering quality and uh, folks who are really intentional. And so in developing talent, it starts with there. And we're big believers of leveling each other up. We give each other feedback all the time. Um, I mean, I've even had former interns pull me aside and give me feedback on things and just like, Hey, Vivek, you mansplained back there. And it's just like, Oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. But we think it's super important that we have this open door aspect of the company where folks can go back and forth and, and give each other feedback. And we're bullish on leveling each other up as much as possible. We've since seen multiple employees who have gone, who, I call graduated from Superhuman, who are alums of the company, who are now starting their own companies. Uh, and that's really exciting. And then a couple of them I'm actually, I've been talking to pretty much every day over WhatsApp or text. Um, I'll sync up with them over the weekends and give feedback and just like seeing their progression. And one of them's in, uh, one of them's in YC right now. Another one uh, is just starting out. So yeah, that's been, that's been incredible for sure. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. And respecting time, this huge vision you have for your career and for Superhuman, when you think about it, where do you see are your personal biggest growth edges that uh, you're paying a lot of attention to? Um, and it couldn't be, I mean, other than saying there's a lot, right? Because everyone can improve every, <laughs> in every area. But 
Where would you say you're placing a lot of attention for yourself? This is for me personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my biggest growth areas? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I would say it's in the... Con- for me personally, I would say it's in the context of going really deep versus going horizontal. Um, when you're a generalist, uh, you tend to wear a lot of different hats and you tend to context switch um, jumping around whether you're recruiting a candidate and context switch and you know setting up health insurance for your employees and context switching and looking at your income statement and your balance sheet, whatever it may be. Uh, I think the biggest growth area for me personally is, is going super deep in the context of being more external facing. This is actually a real-time conversation I'm having right now with, uh, with my co-founder and CEO, Rahul, and looking at what, what are the company's needs? What do we need to do to take the company to the next level? Um, and so I prided myself on taking things from zero to one, as I mentioned, and in some other areas, taking it from zero to 1.5 or two. I've never really done the specialist thing. I know I have some, some, uh, skills and, and traits that support being successful in the context of being external facing. Right. But that's, that's something that I'm excited about for sure. Um, how, how do I go super deep and be, be known for this particular, this particular domain or this particular vertical? I think there are a lot of people in the world, especially in the context of Silicon Valley, who aren't really specialists or aren't really known for, for something in particular. And so that's still something that I'm, I'm looking to grow in and develop. I hope that makes sense. That makes Very much sense. so. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that and being transparent about that. We appreciate it. I'm glad you're very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when the company is pre product market fit, you're at the pre seed seed stage, maybe up through series A, you're flexing muscles around iterating towards that that benchmark, that goal of getting a product market fit. You're being reactive, you're iterating. But once you hit that inflection point, then it's important to start to flex new set of muscles around being not backwards facing, but more forward facing and start to be more proactive instead of reactive. And at that point, you want to surround yourself with a team who has experience with sales or marketing or growth or product, whatever it may be. And, you know, take going from zero to one definitely makes sense and is definitely a valuable uh, set of skills to have when you're pre product market fit at the early stage. But when you're a 50 person company or a 200 person company or a thousand person company, you yourself have to evolve with the company. Right? Yep. Hey, so well said. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a brilliant place to leave the mic. 